Ongoing coverage of Hurricane Harvey this morning. 17 million people are under hurricane watches and warnings this morning as Hurricane Harvey bears down on the Texas coast. Harvey provoking an unfolding flooding disaster in America's fourth largest city, Houston, Texas. People trapped in their flooded out homes. They are fleeing to their attics, taking to social media. A lot of people, I think, who decided to stay in their homes thought they were going to get lucky. This does not look good. Yeah, five to ten feet of storm surge above ground level. So really life-threatening surge is what The major airports in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and West Palm Beach are all shutting down in hours. The wind was unbelievable today. It was howling like crazy. It woke us up in the middle of the night. In fact, I'd have to say this is the worst storm that we've ever been through. I've never left before. I might consider leaving after this one. FEMA estimates nearly a quarter of the homes here have been destroyed. Clearly, flooding was a huge problem across the U.S. this year, and much of it was caused by tropical storms. As North Carolinians, Jenny and I know a thing or two about hurricanes. This year's hurricane season was the third most active on record, and it won't end until November 30th. Hurricanes Harvey, Maria, and Irma wreaked havoc on Texas, Florida, the Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico. Our colleague, Jordan Holman, who covers diversity management for Bloomberg, saw the devastation in the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico firsthand when she went there to report right after the disasters occurred. The level of devastation was very vast. Um, Trees fallen, houses down, electricity is knocked out in both the Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. Um, So that means schools are closed, businesses weren't really open, people were bathing in the rivers and didn't really know when the next meal or clean water was coming from. So it It was this devastation on all parts of the island. The toll on people who live in impacted areas has been severe, and scientists predict that superstorms could become the norm. And it's not just hurricanes. It's droughts, extreme heat, and wildfires, the likes of which tore through Northern California. All these extreme events could become more common. They're some of the real impacts of climate change, and they're hurting businesses and the consumers they serve. I'm Jenny Kaplan. And I'm Lindsay Rupp. Today on Material World, we're bringing you the first of two episodes looking at the effect of climate change on the things you buy. First, let's establish the scientific connection between climate change and the worsening of natural disasters. Here's Bloomberg's Eric Rostin. If you're wondering, are intense storms linked to climate change? The one-word answer is yes. Here's the reason. The whole atmosphere is now a joint venture between nature and humanity. Fossil fuels have brought the world relentless economic growth. But as a result, there's now 40% more carbon dioxide and 150% more methane in the air than there was two centuries ago. There's also entirely new heat-trapping gases, like HFCs, which, ironically, are used for refrigeration. We know these gases are messing up our long-term climate. What's increasingly clear is that they're also messing with our daily weather. Global warming has put storms on steroids. The most destructive event of recent years, Superstorm Sandy, caused at least $50 billion in damage. It rode ashore on an ocean that was warmer and higher, in part because of climate change. Whether the storm itself would have happened anyway is tough to say. But it's safe to say that a century from now, the storm would pack an even greater punch. 
Global warming is already contributing to about 75% of extreme heat events over land and nearly 20% of heavy precipitation events. As scientists improve their tools, they will better understand these growing dangers and costs of a climate changed. Puerto Rico fell victim to two of these storms this summer, Irma and Maria. And according to Jordan, the human impact was extreme, and so was the toll on basic commerce. Even the airport was running on low capacity. The lights weren't on. There wasn't a taxi line like you expect when you get to an airport. But when I finally reached my hotel, because of the curfew that the government instated, I wasn't able to book a hotel because the workers had all gone home from the day. Finally, I was able to find a hotel, but there was no electricity there. There was no running water. There was no Wi-Fi. So when I would go to a fast food place like a Burger King, Obviously, they didn't have all the items on that menu available to you. So they would have packaged food that they would sell people, granola bars, just bottles of water, basically things that you would get uh, from FEMA, other things that was non-perishable. There would be long lines for that, even though you're going into this Burger King where you expect a certain type of food. People were just like looking for whatever food was available to them. Um, also, the credit card machines weren't really working, so it was uh, everyone was paying for things in cash. Uh, which is also a burden because you don't know how much you can spend because you have a limited amount. So there was long lines at the grocery store as well, and they would let the grocery stores I went to, they would let you know maybe 10 families in at a time um, and let them buy maybe 15 items but not necessarily fill up their cart because they knew that there were still hundreds of people behind them who needed to come into the grocery store. Economists are already drawing a connection between climate change and the things we buy. We reached out to Dr. Peter Howard, the economics director at the Institute for Policy Integrity at NYU's School of Law. The most common we would think about is lost property or infrastructure due to flooding and sea level rise. Oceans are expected to rise as a consequence of melting ice, and that will inundate areas. And as we have storms and we have a higher sea level rise, that will actually make floods worse from storms, such as um, the hurricanes that recently hit Houston um, and Puerto Rico. Similarly, you would expect along those lines that insurance costs prices will go up for businesses and consumers for two reasons. One is you have these higher damages that you're expected to face. But there's another problem, which is that baselines are actually going to change and we're going to have more variability. So it'll be harder for insurance companies to sort of predict what the expected damages that they will get that they have to make some profit on. So it might really affect the insurance industry quite a bit. Um, Along those similar lines, I mentioned that there's some evidence that particularly jobs outside where we're out in the climate, you know, we're outside doing farm work, for instance, um, that that will have lost productivity because we're outside and affected by temperatures. And we might actually just have reduced labor supply as people are like, I don't want to work in very hot temperatures or just can't. You know, there, there is limits to the human body and what we're able to actually accomplish. Similarly, there's a lot of predictions about uh, lost human life as well as uh, morbidity. So injuries from um, heat and other diseases that are incubated, and that would increase medical costs. So we should see some sort of increase in medical expenditure related to climate change. Now, there are some offsetting effects in that case where you have 
warmer temperatures during the winter, and winter also has some negative health effects. So there are some benefits there. 16 of the last 17 hottest years on record have come since 2000. Scientists are in agreement that these extremes are the result of the rising average temperature of the Earth. Peter Howard outlined reasons businesses and consumers will likely lose money due to climate change. It's already happening. Rising temperatures may cost the world economy $2 trillion in lost productivity by 2030 as it gets too hot to work in places around the world. Then there's the higher prices for insurance and health care. Homes and businesses are getting more difficult to insure because claims are less predictable. A recent industry study found that last year there were 750 major loss events, things like earthquakes, storms, and heat waves. That's well above the 10-year annual average of 590. And according to the World Health Organization, the direct damage costs to health globally from climate change is estimated to be between 2 and $4 billion per year by 2030. The most visible example is the lost property due to extreme events like flooding. One poignant example of this is in your own refrigerator, Florida's orange juice. Citrus growers were walloped in the wake of Hurricane Irma. The, the days after the storm where they're standing in their groves with water and with carpets of fruit that's fallen off the tree, uh, there's a lot of despair and heartbreak, literally heartbreak. Um, these, these groves and these operations have been in families for generations. And it's kind of like eating the elephant one bite at a time. You, you don't know really where to start. And you do kind of have to make the decision about, can we, do we have the capital to continue on? And how are we going to continue on? That's Shannon Shep, the executive director of the Florida Department of Citrus. Irma was the largest uh, hurricane to form in the Atlantic, and it covered the state of Florida from coast to coast. There are 454,000 acres of Florida citrus in production, and not one of those remained unscathed after Irma. Every acre was impacted. So if you sit back and think about um, these orange trees and grapefruit trees that have this, you know, almost ready to pick orange or grapefruit hanging on them, and then imagine hurricane three force winds battering them around, they tend to fall off the tree or the stems break. So eventually that piece of fruit, because the stem is broken, is going to fall off that tree. Much of the fruit was blown off of the tree. Some of the trees were literally blown out of the ground, so their root systems were actually exposed. And some of the groves were literally underwater. So where it, where it normally would be sandy soils um, and, and you know, grass paths, you saw literally um, currents of water. Uh, Obviously, the availability of Florida citrus, Florida orange juice, fresh Florida grapefruit, fresh Florida oranges, tangerines will be lower this year. We expect that we lost more than 50% of the crop to Hurricane Irma. 
and private estimates were showing that we would harvest somewhere between 75 and 80 million boxes of oranges, which we were excited about because that was actually a boost from last year. Growers will have taken some time, let me just say that. Growers have had to take a step back. Definitely a reality check because when you harvest the fruit, that's when you get paid for everything you've put into the grove. And that's how you continue growing the grove. What it does is you've got growers that are pausing for a minute, trying to figure out how to put inputs back into that grove to make sure that there's a crop for next year and then the year after that. So the impacts going forward are largely that growers are having to decide whether to reinvest, see if they have some sort of crop insurance protection, which is another story, and you know, seeing if there's any federal relief for disaster recovery for them there's going to be less Florida product available, is the, is the bottom line. It's not just orange juice. Harvey and Irma wreaked havoc across the American economy, from shutting down oil and gas refineries to curtailing travel to curbing sales of sweaters and burritos. The storms caused as much as $113.5 billion in flood and wind damage, including up to $57 billion for uninsured homes, said real estate researcher CoreLogic, Inc. Irma cost Disney about $100 million in operating income when it forced its theme parks to close for two days and forced the company to cancel or shorten five of its Disney cruises. And Nordstrom, the upscale department store chain, said it lost about $20 million in sales from the hurricanes. In Florida alone, Irma also had an impact on car dealers. AutoNation, based in Fort Lauderdale, said that the storm reduced third-quarter operating income by about $8 million. None of these businesses explicitly blames climate change for the lost money. But NYU's Peter Howard does see a connection between price changes and climate change. We're at low levels of climate change where we can adapt pretty well. Mm -hmm. But probably the most visible is when we have these weather extreme events that I can think of. So... In particular, this goes back to that 2007-2008 food price uh, increase that we saw, where um, extreme weather resulted in um, less agriculture, uh, agricultural production, which resulted in increased food prices globally. And, But we have seen that multiple times in multiple situations. I remember in graduate school, um, I went to uh, buy a hard drive one week to back up my dissertation, and... Being a graduate student, I didn't have much money, and so I waited to buy the hard drive because I looked at it and I was like, $100? That is just beyond my budget right now. I went back a week later, and it was $200. And I was like, how'd that happen? Turned out that there was flooding in Thailand, and most of the production of hard drives were in Thailand. So there is impacts to the global supply chain in that sense. We're seeing the impact play out in Puerto Rico. The Food and Drug Administration said last month that it's watching the supply for about 30 drugs made in Puerto Rico in addition to medical devices and warned there may be shortages. Products made in Puerto Rico account for 10 percent of all drugs consumed by Americans. The situation today already looks dire. Businesses are losing money, consumers are facing shortages and price increases. And people who live in affected areas, like the ones Jordan talked to in the wake of Maria in Puerto Rico, are trying to figure out what to do next. 
Small business owners, they were hoping that um, the customer base would come back by loyalty, but the larger places like the hotels, they anticipated that less people would come and were really pushing this whole idea that we need tourists to come to help us rebuild. They needed to do a campaign to get people to come back. Um, in the city, they saw better prospects of um, getting their business up and running, but further out, they definitely accepted that they would be losing money in business and traffic. When I would talk to younger people, you know, the millennials, 20-somethings, they just thought it was intimidating to think that they would go more than three months without lights. One guy was saying, I can just go to Florida and Texas and I know my lights will be out for 72 hours, but then I'll get them back. And there's more job opportunities. And that's not even a far flight away, two hours away, and I could have all these opportunities. And being a U.S. citizen, moving there is very easy. So a lot of people were considering leaving the island like for the long haul. Natural disasters made worse by climate change are disrupting businesses and having a real impact on the economy. This is the situation that we're in right now. It feels bleak. And in our next episode, we'll take a look forward at the consequences climate change may have on businesses, industries, and consumers in the future. Things could get worse, or they might get better. We'll explore various possibilities and what companies and consumers are doing to try to help. That's it for this episode of Material World. Thanks for listening. For more Material World, check out Apple Podcasts, Bloomberg, or wherever you get shows like this. For more reporting from Jordan, follow her on Twitter at Jordan Journals. For more of Peter's research, check out NYU's Institute of Policy Integrity website. You can follow me at Jenny M. Kaplan. For more on all the things you drink and smoke, and more news from Lindsay at LC Rupp for all things retail. Material World is produced by Magnus Henriksen and Liz Smith. Francesca Levy is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks. <laughs>